0: Good evening, and welcome back to Conversations with the Apostle John as we go through the Gospel of John. And it's good to be back with you, Mark. Good to see you. Good for you being back. You've been gone yeah, for a we week. Just took a took a little break. Went out to Texas, saw the family. Uh, did y'all have a good holiday? Had, had, a holiday. Good? Oh, had a great holiday. Good. Had a great. I'm so, I'm sorry that the Gators lost for you. <laughs> <laughs> that was. Hey, we were having fun yeah, regardless. Our- so uh, Gray and I went out to the game. Uh, and enjoyed the game. We had a great time, regardless of the score. Saw my mom, saw some family, so it was a good time, very much a good time, and we hope you and your family uh, had a good holiday uh, as well. We're in John chapter 15, so hopefully you've had the opportunity to read this wonderful chapter from uh, the Gospel of John, and before we really jump into the text, let's just kind of remind everybody where we are Uh, In this point of the gospel, we're in that wonderful section of, of John's narrative where he gives us insight that nobody else gives us. And he takes us into that upper room and he takes us to these wonderful conversations that Jesus had with his disciples as he was on his way to the cross. And Mark, I can't help but think when we look at John 14, which is where we were last time, that chapter begins with this phrase, let not your heart be troubled. And so that's kind of an overriding theme here, don't you think? I think fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen
1: all hearken back to this term right here. Uh, let you not your heart be troubled. That every instruction he's going to give, he is saying to them, everything I'm about to do for you and to you and give you advice on is to keep your heart from being troubled.
0: And if we want to just make a quick personal application while Truly the context here and the focus is Jesus speaking specifically to his apostles as he's headed to the cross. So there's certainly application that we can make within ourselves. Of Even now, let not your heart be troubled. Here's the same principles and advice I'm giving you, uh, says our Lord. So so just something to think about uh, as we get into this wonderful chapter. We're in John chapter 15, and here's what Jesus does now. After uh, talking about and reminding uh, the apostles of a helper that is coming, the Holy Spirit. Then it says at the end of verse 14, they rose and they left the upper room. And and Mark, I kind of just see them walking through Jerusalem. What do you see here? Yeah,
1: they've come down from the upper room. Uh, they're heading out. They sang a hymn, interestingly yeah. enough, when they left. And that's it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke.
0: Well, you uh, see, and the hymn, they, and then, the, the, the hymn was actually in
1: another gospel. Exactly. But, yeah, yeah. but, but then, they, uh, then they get to Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. Well, we're seeing here what happened between singing the, the hymn, hymn and getting to so Gethsemane. So we're from the upper
0: room going to Gethsemane. Now, when we get to chapter 18, uh, John will say we're going over the Kidron Brook. So yeah. you see that. So we're in Jerusalem. And and our Lord is going to begin here in this particular point of the lesson as they leave the upper room with a very powerful image-driven lesson. I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. And in a sense, he's looking at all these apostles and saying, you are branches that are a part of me. And this is my expectation of you. Do do you think he was maybe seeing some vines and just saying, by the way, look at that? I think that's exactly what he's going to do.
1: He likes to use visual images to impress his lessons. All the time he's doing that. And here's, I can see a big vineyard that he's just passing by. And look, guys, here's a vineyard. I am the true vine. And interestingly enough, when he says, I am the true vine, that's an anticipation on his part that there's going to be other people who are going to try to make themselves vines, and that's not true. Sure,
0: I am the true vine. Well, and there had already been many who were yeah. claiming to be the Messiah, exactly. claiming to be the vine. He goes, I'm the true vine. And and that imagery of a vine, though, would also speak to a Jew. You, you see that symbolically written in the book of Isaiah, yeah, Isaiah. Uh, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Psalms. Uh, Psalms the, all of know. those
1: have Israel being a vineyard. And yeah. so uh, these good Jews that he's talking to right now, when they see this vineyard, it's got to ha- have them hearken back into the Old Testament and be thinking about, well, we've been a vineyard for a long time as far, far as the Lord is concerned.
0: So to put ourselves in the shoes of the apostles here, there's concern, there's anxiety. Uh, they are troubled, and so Jesus, to calm them down, to give them hope, to give them assurance, says, I want to share this sermon with you about the vine. And we're going to see that our Lord, if you've read this, you'll notice that in just in the first 16 verses, he repeats a word at least nine times, and that is abide. Abide in me. Abide in my word. Abide in the vine that is me, my love, my word, me. And so I kind of see this as Jesus is making one big point, but his sub-point centered around, here's how you abide in me. Uh, And the idea of abide would also suggest, if you looked it up in the Greek, abide would suggest an abode, a home, make your home with me.
1: And, And what better way to represent that in a vine
0: and the branches, every one of them know
1: that here are branches attached to this main vine and they're not going to survive without being on the vine. Uh, they understand that from uh, an agricultural standpoint. Right. You, you cut the, the branch off, it's not going to survive. And so they see uh, with this imagery that yes, and that attachment, that togetherness, that's not going to be broken up uh, easily. Right. So. If you keep attached to me, I'm going to continue to feed you. That's what a vine does to the branches. It feeds the branches. And,
0: and so if you're attached, you will be fed. And when we talk about this, let's look at it also from the idea that our, our Lord says, here's how you abide in me. And I see three things here, and I certainly uh, want to hear your thoughts. There's three things that come with abiding in the Lord, first of all, you get in his word and you keep his commandments. He, he, he makes that clear to us. Then he'll say you'll abide in his love. You're going to abide in not only a love for him and, and loving him, but also loving others. So you see keeping commandments, abiding love, but then you also see bearing fruit. Yes. Uh, and, and to me, that's probably one of the more powerful images here. You can see a vine dresser going and lifting up each branch. Seeing if this branch is bearing fruit, if it's not bearing fruit, it's taken away. That's right. It's taken away. So it's an expectation there. But he does something besides
1: just cutting the branch off in the first verse. Yes. He prunes it. Let's not pass that up. The vine dresser prunes the branches. And so what, what is he pruning? What is he pruning? Well, that could be pride. If we're going to start applying it to us, that's pride. That's Vain ambitions, that's worldliness. There's a lot of things he prunes from us so that we can bear fruit. Now, how does he prune us today? It's through his word. sure. And that's sure. why he keeps saying, stay in my word. That's how we're going to be pruned today. We We know what we should and should not be, and that's his pruning of us today.
0: Yeah, it's just that the Lord is almost lifting us yes, as a branch exactly. saying, okay, where's your fruit? That's I'm going right. to see this. Uh, and, what do you need to have corrected in your branch <laughs> Yeah, to, to you bear more fruit? Yeah, and I wonder if, to some degree, and you know, I'm not going to try to chase a rabbit here, So, but you think of the fruit of the Spirit. We've been, the Spirit was certainly mentioned in chapter 14. You get to Galatians 5, and Paul talks about, well, here is the evidence of fruit. Here's what fruit in the Spirit looks like with these wonderful personalities of patience and kindness and uh, the forbearance and the love and the joy, the self-control that you see that. And it's kind of like Jesus is saying, you're going to make it if you abide in me. Yes. And if you abide in me, you will bear fruit. He gives them some props here in verse 3.
1: He says, you're clean. Yeah. You're, you are already clean. So they're looking, there, probably sweating a little bit. Saying, oh, <laughs> what's, pruned? What's,
0: yeah. coming off? <laughs> what's
1: coming off? And he said, all right, guys, right now, you're clean. clean. And so that's got to make them feel a little better. Sure. From the sure. standpoint that they're already they're already
0: uh, pruned, at this moment anyway. And you'll notice we be, go from the pruning to just how much the father loves them, And the father is the vine dresser. To me, this is very powerful. Verse 9, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Um, There is a a part of this that's kind of hard for us to grasp, probably their anxiety, their their fear. You know, if you're leaving me, how are you loving me? (laughs) <laughs> okay, right. if you're going away and leaving me, I'm failing to see the love in he this right now. But Jesus is also going to point out that that he is one who's going to give a love in a way that they never expected. For greater love has no one than this. Now we're down into verse 13. Than someone to lay down his life for his friends. I, I, you may be thinking, well, you're leaving me? How to, how, how's that loving? He goes, watch this. I'm going to give myself for you. You'll see my love in that sacrifice that is being made.
1: He has told him, let your heart not be troubled. And then everything that they're telling him, to me, their eyes are getting bigger and bigger. I yeah. <laughs> uh, saying, oh, what, you expect us to be doing all these things, and they're going to come to, to the realization of all of this after he is gone. It's when the comforter comes to him, all these words are going to come rolling back to them and say, this is what he meant. This is what he, now I feel more comfortable because I have the comforter and I'm understanding what he was saying back here. He's giving them these these instructions right now for them to remember in the future and keep them. Uh, How else can he do it? He's trying to prepare them for it. And I know they're distraught. They have to be. And just like you're saying, wait wait a minute. You're going to leave us, and how can we be comfortable? Sure. You, you, have, you have been our source
0: of life for three years. Yeah. And, and he's talking about joy, too. Yes. You're, you're going to have joy. Much. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> in Nobody's laughing around no, here as no. we're walking around this city. You, you know, we're, we're not joyful right now. Your joy is going to come. And your joy is going to come when you're bearing fruit, loving one another, keeping my commandments. I I think all three of those things have to work together. You you take away one, you lose the other. If I'm not keeping your commandments, then I'm not going to be loving like I'm supposed to love. And and, and how can I bear fruit if if I'm not keeping his commandments? And so you you see that all three work together in that.
1: I, I take that, but I also think that the ultimate is the bearing fruit. The ultimate well, that's what a supposed to do. That's yeah. the ultimate purpose of what he's talking about here. If you keep my commandments, if you abide in me, if you love one another, then you are going to bear fruit. And I am going to see what kind of a disciple you are, how? Sure. By the fruit you have borne me. Yeah. And so... The, the bearing of fruit, to me, is the ultimate thing in this passage. That's why he's talking about a vine. Sure. I got to see fruit at the end
0: of those limbs. Yeah. So it's it's not only a source of comfort, but it's also a challenge. Yes. This is an expectation uh, that you see there. Now, uh, I would mention this, though. You'll notice a little bit later, uh, and this is actually down in, in verses uh, 15 and 16. I chose you. You didn't choose me. That can be misinterpreted real quick uh, by maybe somebody who has more of a Calvinistic predestination mindset. But to really just keep this in the context, he's speaking to his apostles. And he did choose his apostles, Uh, he did choose these men to come and to follow him. And so to me, he's simply saying to them, You don't need to be doubting yourselves. Uh, I chose you. You may not have a great education. You, you may not come from some great lineage or have some pedigree that the world admires, but I chose you, and I'm going to help you bear fruit that goes beyond your imagination. Is that kind of how you see it? And you, you
1: stepped up. You were slaves. And you would have considered yourself to be that. You're no longer slaves anymore. Yeah. You are my friends. Now, can you imagine being told? <laughs> and that's what we are. We're friends of Jesus. We're friends of God. In what a position to be in. Yeah. You're slaves no longer. If you were slaves, I wouldn't tell you what's happening. I am, I am pouring my heart out to you in this walk that we're taking. I'm telling you everything that the Lord has prepared for you and what he has told me. I'm telling you. You are now my friends. What a powerful
0: way to describe our relationship with the Father. Well, Father. They didn't even call God Father. That didn't happen. God was some transcendent uh, deity that was so far away, so high above. You don't even mention his name. And here's Jesus saying, he's your Father, and I as his son who represent the Father, am your friend. Yes, I'm your friend. God is your friend, you know, not just some judge who's looking to judge you but a friend who's come to die for you. So so you see that intimacy there. And I, I think that's important for us to see. Uh, but then he, here comes the challenge again uh, in verse 18. The world's going to hate you. And don't be surprised when the world hates you because remember the world hated me first. Uh, and you're not to be greater. You're a servant in a way. And a servant's not greater than his master. So keep my word. Keep my word. And people will listen to you. People that know me will listen to you and keep your word. They they have seen Jesus for these three years.
1: They've seen thousands of people following him. They see all the great things that he has done. They've heard his words. And they're wondering here at this, the, the world has hated you? I don't think they've seen the full intent of that with everybody. They've seen it with the local Jews in Jerusalem. They've seen it with the Pharisees who've picked at him, picked at him, picked at him. They are not understanding yet the intensity. The of magnitude that hate, of that mag- I mean, Yeah, they've the seen it with Caiaphas.
0: They've seen it with others yeah, yeah. around. But yeah. they're,
1: they're now going to see it in the next 24 hours. Sure. It is going to be made known to them completely how much the world hates me. And that's something else they're going to have to reflect
0: back you on. You know, that's a good point because we know this is headed to a cross. Yes. They don't know they that They do yet. not know that uh, They don't even know it's headed to trial. They don't even no. see an arrest coming. They have no idea why Judas is left. So, so yeah, the magnitude of that yes. hasn't really hit them yet, but it will yes. soon. And Jesus is saying, don't be surprised.
1: And when it begins to happen to them in the world, the apostles are going to feel it pretty quickly in that first eight years that they're in Jerusalem, they're going to feel it. They're going to be brought before uh, the Sanhedrin. They're going to be beaten. And how do they, do they take it? Past that point, they are joyous. They are right, happy sure. that we could be... Well, and there's we that could, joy that he yeah, promised that will joy. come eventually. That's right. Yeah. And, and now yeah. they're feeling it. Sure. He is preparing that for them right now. they they persecuted me. They're going to persecute you. And I can hear Peter and John when they're sitting there before the Sanhedrin Saying, you know, the Lord told us this was going to happen. <laughs> hey, John, yes. this is exactly how he said it was this, going to happen. This, this is where He me. said this was going to happen. And they're almost, they're smiling as they're getting beaten because they see this fulfillment and they rejoice in the fact that they could
0: be yeah, and you for see Jesus. Jesus. And yeah. you see that when you go to the book of Acts. You yeah. certainly see that. Now, one more thing that Jesus points out, uh, even with respect to this hate, is they hated me. Without a cause. You find yes. that here, and that's mentioned here in verse 25. Uh, that That's actually a quote that comes from Psalm 69. And our, our, to me, our Lord does this a couple of times, actually more than uh, a couple of times, but here's one of those specific times in which Jesus is quoting a psalm that is a clear messianic psalm. Uh, remember when Jesus on the cross will say, you know, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I, I believe to a large degree, he, he's not just reciting what he's feeling, he's drawing everybody's attention to that Psalm, that Psalms 22, a powerful messianic Psalm. Psalm 69 is that same way. Yes. And it's as, almost as if Jesus is saying, go and look at this, go and look at this. Yes. Here's everything that was promised and prophesied about me a thousand years ago. It's going to happen. They hated me without cause. And so when you hear men condemning me, making accusations, remember, I'm innocent. And isn't it interesting John will mention that when you get to that a little bit later with Pilate finding no cause? That's right. They found no cause, just like Jesus said.
1: And I think I want to point out in verses 21 through 25, he is saying two things here. The Jews are not without reproach. Now, and he says, there's two things that I've done. I've given, the, given them my word. I've spoken to them. And not only have I spoken to them, I have done works of God. So I've done two things to the Jews to make them guilty. If they do not accept me, they can't do it saying they didn't know me. They've heard my words. They've seen my works. They know these things are from God if they were not prejudiced. And so they are guilty from the standpoint of I've been here and shown
0: them me. And that had to be hard for them. These are people that they admired, looked up to. These were the leaders. And Jesus is saying they're guilty. Yes, they're guilty.
1: They're they're guilty. That's hard to say sometimes. When you look at somebody and say, based upon word, you're guilty. That's a difficult thing to say. But Jesus is saying it here, quite frankly.
0: And then a reminder. The chapter actually closes. And and understand, this is just a chapter break. The conversation hasn't ended at all. Our Lord said, he he takes them back to a reminder, the helper is going to help you with this as well. Uh, The the helper is going to come. And the helper is going to guide you in truth. And the helper will help you bear witness of me. And so you have a helper who's going to come help you be the vine that you want to be. We're going to find out with the Holy Spirit here. That in
1: chapters 14, 15, and 16, they're going to give us seven things that the Holy Spirit does for these apostles. Mm -hmm. Seven things. Oh, that's a good assignment maybe for next week. That's right. Yeah. find in 14, 15, 15, and 16, what are the things that Jesus says the Holy Spirit is going to do for
0: the apostles? All right. There's an assignment for everybody to kind of keep in mind because that's certainly a recurring theme. That's right. As Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And he says something
1: a little bit different about the Holy Spirit each time.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, our Lord's walking with his disciples. They've left the upper room. They're making their way through the city. And they're eventually going to end at the uh, Garden of Gethsemane after they go to the Kidron Valley. We're just wrapping up chapter 15. And so, we'll begin 16 next week. Anything you would like to leave with, folks, regarding the lesson here?
1: No, I just continue keeping this in mind that this is a continual mm-hmm. in this particular case 15 was a great break because they were leaving the room sure. there may have been some break uh, in the discussion because they've left and they take it back up but 15 16 and 17 is a continual yeah. don't look at the chapter as a, a change it's a continual
0: yeah and that's it it is kind of neat you know 14 ends with leaving yeah. the room 18 pretty much begins with Going across the yeah. brook. Yes. Uh, so so read it that way. That would be very helpful. All right. Before we leave you, uh, we would like to give you an update uh, of just our assemblies here. But we had a, had a lot of people Sunday. Yes, we did. A total of, what, 40 and 160? 200. Yeah, we had 40 at the 830 assembly. And then 163 or something mm-hmm. at the, it's a little over 160. And then an 84 stream. And then we had 84 streaming. So... You know that's close to 300. So getting close to our 300. Well, and we just appreciate everybody uh, for your participation. And we would like to share with you we have more room. So uh, if safety is a concern, uh, we believe right now we've got safety protocol in place uh, for any and everybody that wants to come to the building. To come to the building, certainly if you're a little more cautious, the 8:30 would be the place to go. Uh, There's a little more room there. But uh, we appreciate everybody for following the protocol. And you know, the singing was actually really good this Sunday. It was uh, very good. Especially uh, at the 10 o'clock hour with more people. And so uh, it's, it's, it's feeling like it's supposed to in many respects. I think, as
1: the elders that we have discussed, I think our first Sunday back when we have no restrictions is <laughs> gonna Sweet. be a singing Sunday. <laughs> yeah. uh, just the fact that we can be back together and our voices together. I miss the singing a lot, uh, and just having that feel at that 10 o'clock hour, uh, it's a great feeling to even hear that kind of singing. It really
0: is. Well, it's, it's, it's certainly something we want to encourage everybody to keep in mind. We'd love to have you come and join us uh, in person in our assemblies on Sunday. Uh, reminder that at 930, we have classes, Bible classes for the middle and high school, and uh, the teaching committee is still looking at putting together classes for the younger children. Uh, we don't have as many families ready to come back right now that we may not be able to have all our classes, so we're still trying to iron all that out. But, but that is certainly also part of our future plans. And then speaking of plans, uh, Sunday the 17th, so a week from Sunday. So Sunday the 17th at 10 a.m. Uh, we want to share an elders address with everybody. And so all four uh, of the shepherds would like to just speak to everyone, kind of tell you where we are right now, uh, what our plans are, talk about some of the protocol and how some of the decisions are being made, and also encourage everybody to reach out to us. Yes. So that, that'll be uh, taking place at the 10 o'clock hour on the 17th. And so certainly that'll be live streamed as well for everyone. You got anything else? I would say then to
1: the 8.30 people on that Sunday morning, don't feel left out. If you want to stay at the 10 o'clock, that will be fine. Uh, we, we hope to have some room. And if you don't, if you want to go home and just live stream what we're going to say, we just want to get uh, our, the elders message out to the whole congregation as best we
0: can yeah and that's something we do you know periodically and so we, would we like do yearly to it, at least and yearly at least so we want to keep that going but thank you so very much for joining us it's always a pleasure and we've enjoyed these studies again if you have any questions or if you'd like to make any comments regarding things that we've discussed or things that may be coming up in the gospel of john please do not hesitate to reach out to us anything else that that's we want? it all right Thank you so much for joining us. God bless and Happy New Year. Good night, brother.